doing good things because of the Spirit of the Lord that is working through you. So thank you. We love you. If you have your Bibles today, I'd like for you to turn with me to James chapter 2. And you say, well, Pastor, you've been preaching now for a long time out of James chapter 2. And my answer to you is, is that I'll stop when I'm finished. <laughs> as long as the Lord keeps directing me back, I'm, I'm just going to keep uh, driving that, that nail with the hammer. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe that it's doing a work in us that, that we need to have done. So James chapter 2, if you'd look at verses 25 and 26... Keep your Bibles handy, if you will, because we're going to move around uh, in just a moment. We're going to go to the book of Joshua. We'll also go to Matthew chapter 1 in just a few moments. Over the last few weeks, six weeks in fact, we've been talking about this idea of authentic faith. You know, we hear a lot of people in our world today talk about being believers. They talk about their faith and I'm a person of faith. But sometimes it's a little bit hard to determine whether or not they're a person of faith or not because the fruit is not really showing as it should. Now, I, I know that some of you are thinking, well, we should not be judgmental. But that's not scriptural. We're not to judge the world because they don't have the knowledge that we have. They don't have the understanding that we have. But we are to judge one another in order to spur them to a higher level of living. It's not judgmental for the sake of being judgmental. I don't like the way you look today. I don't, I don't like the way you smell today. I don't like what you're wearing today. But it is to encourage others to raise the bar. You've hearing, been hearing me say that a lot Lately, we never should stop growing in our walk of faith. It doesn't matter how old you are, how many years you've been serving the Lord, there is always a higher level of living that God has for us. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this thing called authentic faith. And what does that look like, or at least what should it look like in our lives Last week, we talked about Abraham and how that our authentic faith causes us to mature and move to another level. You remember how that Abraham believed God and it was accounted as righteousness on his behalf. But there came a time in his life when he had to offer the promise of God, which was his son Isaac, on the altar of God. And as he was raising the dagger in the air... The Spirit of the Lord stopped him and said, Don't harm the child because now I know that you are obedient to me. And he had provided a ram that was behind him, provided what was necessary. He had to go to another level, a level of maturity. So today I want to talk to you about our authentic faith will sometimes cause us to make some bold or some to, to take some bold steps that are somewhat risky. You know, if you're like me, you like safety. You like just being able to get things the way they should be and then just let them stay, right? Like that. We, we like that. But sometimes call, God calls us to be risky in our walk and risky in our faith and, and do things that we would not otherwise do if it were not for the Lord. So James chapter 2 uh, turn there with me. I, I asked you to turn, and I didn't turn myself. 
but uh, I, I bet you I can get there pretty quick. Amen. James chapter 2 and verses uh, 25 and 26. Are you there? Well, that won't work. That's First John. Hold on just a second. Yeah, that, that would be a good sermon too, but it wouldn't work very well. Here we go. James chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. It says, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute. Look at your neighbor and say, Rahab the prostitute. Be careful how you look at them when you say that. You get yourself in trouble. Justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you'll help me to speak effectively so that as the words come out of my mouth today, they won't just be normal, ordinary words, but they will be anointed by your Spirit to accomplish everything that you're sending them forth to do. I pray for this congregation that they will, for the next few minutes, be able to get their minds off of everything else and somehow just come into this place, this atmosphere where they can hear the word of the Lord And it changed and transformed their lives. I ask you to do this, Lord, in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen and amen. Now, did you you notice how we started in verse 25? It said, and in the same way. Now, what does that mean, and in the same way? Well, if you'll remember from last week, he had just been talking about Abraham. And how that Abraham had had to take some steps in his life to move to another level. And so he's moving from Abraham now to Rahab the prostitute. And the point that he's trying to make is, is just as Abraham had to do some things a particular way, so Rahab had to make some changes in her life. And those changes had to look the same as the changes that Abraham had to make in his life. So now when God is requiring something of us, then he will walk with us through this process. So there are three observations that I'd like to make this morning. And the first observation is that I want you to notice her worth. Now, I know that many of you might immediately be thinking, well, you know, she probably wasn't worth much because she was a prostitute. The Bible says that she was a prostitute. And so she probably wasn't worth a whole lot. But let me remind you that what the world deems worthy is very different than what God deems worthy. That's the, why, that's the reason that in America we've got to get rid of all these labels that are being thrown around these days. Because we need to see through God's eyes and not through the eyes of our American thinking. We have to change that and think as God did. So the world did not see her as worthy But God looked upon her heart and saw her as a worthy candidate for his grace. Aren't you glad for grace this morning? I'm telling you, if it weren't for grace today, 
I would have no chance in the world. Amen. But I'm grateful that God has provided amazing grace. One person says that it's far beyond amazing grace. It's ridiculous grace. Amen. I like that, don't you? Because when we read this and look at this, it makes absolutely no common sense at all. But God is not required to make common sense. He can do whatever he wants to do. And if he chooses a person like Rahab the prostitute to be someone through which he will work, then it may seem ridiculous to us, but it's very normal to God the creator ridiculous faith. I mean, you think about it. Abraham was the patriarch of the Jewish people, but Rahab was a prostitute in the middle of a Gentile nation. You have one Jew and you have one Gentile, and God looks at both of them with eyes of grace. Now, if I wanted to be political today, this would be the place where I could do that. But I got a little bit political last week. So I'm just going to just say that I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to realize that we need to step outside of our comfort zones and reach out to people that may not look like us and talk like us, and do like us, and express the love of Jesus Christ in such a way that it can see transformation take place in their spirits. One was the patriarch of the Jewish people, and the other was a prostitute in the middle of a Gentile nation. One of them, Abraham, was referred to as the friend of God. Amen. Always makes me think of Israel Houghton. When I am a friend of God. How many of you remember that one? I am a friend of God. Sing it with me. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I like that, don't you? I mean, that just makes chill bumps go up my back. To think that God would look at me and say, Hey, buddy, how you doing today? I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad we're going to hang out today. I'm glad we're going to do life today. Because you're my friend. Abraham was the friend of God. But Rahab lived in the midst of the enemies of God. Everybody around her was an enemy of God. Abraham was a great leader. And Rahab was just a common citizen. Abraham was at the top of the social order. And Rahab was at the bottom of the social order. Why? Because she was a prostitute and was not looked at highly and was certainly not respected. Now, I, yeah, I've heard commentators through the years try to clean this up as much as they can because they'll say, well, you know, what you have to understand is in those days that, that really the house that, you know, that was there really was nothing more than a hotel. And her family owned it. And she grew up in the business. And, and, and so she just was taking care of the family business. And, and, and she wasn't really a street prostitute. You know, she was a temple prostitute. And so there's difference, you know. If, if you're doing what you're doing for the kingdom of God then there's, you know, that's okay. That, that's a little bit different. If you want to sleep with somebody 
on behalf of the kingdom, then that's different than if you're just out on the street sleeping with somebody. Have you ever heard of these preachers? There's a young guy right now that, you know, he, he's well known for his preaching ability, but he's, he's been with so many women, and it's been documented, and then when they were finished, he would ask them if they would to take the morning after pill so that, so that his ministry would not be negatively affected. Well, let me just tell you something today. I don't care what preacher comes to you and tells you it's okay for you to be sexually active with him or her because it's going to encourage the man of God. Let me tell you something. You better drop everything you can drop and run as fast as you can because that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. But they say, well, they say good things though. But you've got to be careful. You've got to discern. Because the scripture says in the last days they're going to creep into the church like wolves. And they're going to speak things that will get your attention. But when they've got your attention, they will allow that spirit that is in them to creep into you. And it will bring you down. Listen. Listen. You can try to clean this up any way you want to. But Rahab was a prostitute. As so she wasn't really a prostitute. She was actually the pimp. She didn't really sleep with anybody. She just made the arrangements. Somebody look, look at your neighbor and just say, she was a prostitute. I mean, she was just, she was a prostitute. And yet, God saw something in that woman that he thought could be redeemed. And so he extended grace to her. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for grace. Grab your Bibles. Turn over to Matthew chapter 1. Because I want to show, show you what grace can do. I, I want to show you with how, how deep that grace can go. Everybody okay today? Yeah. Matthew chapter 1. Here we go. Verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. And Ram the father of Amenadab, and Amenadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab. Somebody say, whoo! And Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and and his brothers, and at the time of the de deportation to Babylon. 
And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abud, and Abud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliad, and Eliad the father of Eleazar, and, and Eleazar the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. <laughs> Thank God for grace who can take you from a place you never thought you would escape and use you to produce the saving grace to the world around you. Say amen for grace. Grace, grace. God's grace, grace that is able to save within, sing it with me, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. I want to sing it again because I want to get the words right. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. I like the last verse of that song. It says, marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on who will believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? And then he sings it again. Grace, grace, God's grace. I'm telling you, I'm so grateful for grace. I'm so grateful for grace. You say, why do you think, why do you think that James selected Abraham and then Rahab? Well, I, I don't really know because scripture doesn't really say, but here's what I think. I think, first of all, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to talk about those two individuals. But I also think that on the outside of that is the fact that Abraham represents a group of people that are highly exalted from the world's point of view. And Rahab represents those who are on the bottom of the totem pole. And I think what James is trying to say to you is that it doesn't matter how fancy your title is, how rich you may be, how well known you may be. It doesn't matter how low you may be, how poor you may be, how outcast you may be. Grace is available to all. Amen. Give the Lord praise in the house today.
So we talked first of all about her worth. Now I want to talk to you about his word. His word. How did this happen in her life? It happened because of the word of God coming alive in her. The scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I want you, if you will, to go to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Is it okay if we look at scripture today? Are you okay with that? Okay, I could have brought my Koran if that would make you feel better. I'm just kidding. Joshua chapter 2. You say, I, I think scripture can say a whole lot more to you than I can today. But I want to read this to you. And I, I want to point out something that happened. Joshua chapter 2 beginning at verse 1. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies saying go view the land especially Jericho. And they went and came to the house of a prostitute. See she's still a prostitute in Joshua as well. I just wanted to point that out to you. Whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho. Behold men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you and entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly. For you will overtake them. She was not only a prostitute, she was a liar. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> Verse 8. Before the men laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all of you and, and that the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Notice Verse 10. For we have heard... How the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. And the men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we have come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window 
through which you were let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father, your mother, your brothers, all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. And we shall all be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. And they departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. And they came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, truly... The Lord has given all the land into our hands, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. Now, here's the main point that I want you to get out of all of this. The transformation that took place in Rahab's life was because of the word of God that came to her. If she had not had the word, she would have not been transformed. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. What did she say to the men who came into her house? She said, we have heard all that the Lord your God has done. And how that he split the waters open and allowed you to walk through on dry ground. And the land that you have devoured because of the Lord God. And the kings that you have defeated because of your Lord. And when we heard with our ears, our hearts melted because of your God. I tell you, some of you need to get the word in you in such a way that something changes on the inside of your spirit. If all you ever do is hear the word and never allow it to change you, then you are not on the right path. But when you hear the word of the Lord and faith begins to rise up in you, let me tell you, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. If God says it in his word, it can and will be done. But you've got to put it to, to use. You've got to believe it. You've got to say, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what it will look like. But I know that if God said it, that's all that matters. I believe it and it shall be done. Amen. The word of the Lord. She didn't have a King James version of the Bible. She didn't have an ESV. She didn't have an NLT. She didn't have an NIV. She didn't have any of those. The only thing that built her faith is when she heard people walking around and saying, did you hear what the Lord God of Israel did the other day? Did you hear what happened down at the riverbank? Did you hear what happened in the lives of the Israelites? 
Did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? Everybody was talking about it. Oh, God, if we would just stop talking about politics and what has happened and what is happening and where we are and just start, start saying, oh, we must be living in the end days and our God must be getting things ready for his second coming. The Lord Jesus is coming again soon. Amen. I don't know if this is the time or not because the scripture says no man knows. But I'm telling you all the signs are pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is soon going to step out on the eastern sky. and He's going to call his people to him. And I want to be ready. Oh, did you hear what God did the other day? Sister Hester came in this morning. She said, let me tell you about Ray's daughter that you've been praying for. You know, she's had leukemia. Just not long ago, they said, there's not a whole lot of hope. Doesn't look like there's anything much we can do. Looks like she's in the latter stages of this disease. We'll do what we can, but don't get your hopes up. She came in this morning. She had a smile on her face from ear to ear. She was grinning like a little second grader. And she said, let me tell you what God has done. She said, the doctors have reported that the leukemia is in remission. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you what, when we stop listening to what CBS and ABC and NBC and MSNBC and Fox News and Breitbart and the Federalist pages and all the rest of them have to think about the condition that the world is in and start focusing our attention upon what God says. It will change the way we go about life. Instead of us walking around every day with this, this sense of doom and gloom and despair. We say, it doesn't matter what it looks like to me, Father. Your word said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be known unto the Lord and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's his word, people, it's his word, it's his word. So I never was much for reading the Bible. And go to your church app and let the church app read it to you. Put a CD in your car and listen and let it, let it penetrate your heart and your spirit. Let someone who is grounded in their faith... Let them come up to you and say, I don't know why I'm getting ready to tell you this, but... I just have an impression in my heart and in my spirit that you need to hear what it is that I'm about to say to you. And when you speak the word of the Lord, you don't have to give your opinions. You don't have to preach 20-minute sermons on it. But you can just say, I just need to tell you what the word of the Lord has to say about your situation. Let me tell you something. When the word goes out, 
the way that bad news and fake news somehow finds a way to get out. That is the hope of our world. She said, I heard, we heard, and immediately when we heard, our hearts melted. Why? You think God just wanted to discourage her and depress her? No. He wanted to save her. But before he could save her, she had to have a clear picture of where she was and what needed to change. When we heard the word of the Lord, it melted our hearts. One final thing and then I'll be done. We've talked about her worth. Thank God for grace. We've talked about his word. And finally, I want to remind you that there's some work that is involved with being in the will of God. We Pentecostals, and I say this all the time, listen, I can say it because I am a Pentecostal. I've been a Pentecostal all my life. I say jokingly, when I came out of my mother's womb, I was speaking in tongues. I'm Pentecostal. I've been Pentecostal all my life. But we have such of a sense that everything has to be done in our lives through some magic happening that just automatically happens. Sometimes God does miraculous things and it happens immediately. Sometimes God says your miracle will come when you start putting into practice what I told you that you need to be doing. And if you don't do the word then you're nothing more than a hearer of the word and it means absolutely nothing. The thing that I like so much about the story of Rahab is that she said to them, she said, they come looking for you boys tonight. She said, you better get out of here. You need to go out this particular way. Go down, go that way because I sent them that way and they're going to be looking for you. You need to go hide in the hills for three days and they'll stop looking and they'll come back and after three days you can go home. And she let them down out the window and as soon as they were gone, you know what she did? She got that scarlet cord (laughs) that they had given her That was a sign of the covenant. They said, if you'll put this outside of your window, then when we come and when we attack this city, when we see that scarlet cord, everyone who is in your household will be protected by the covenant of God. I got to thinking about that this week. We've got our to-do list. We've got our calendars and our schedules. And we start thinking like this. Okay, now I told them to go hide in the hills for three days. So I don't have to put that scarlet cord out the window today. I can do it next week or next day or the next day. I had three days. I don't have to worry about it. And I've thought to myself through the years how many times people have missed their opportunity 
for God to transform their lives because they thought they could outweight God. I can wait. I don't have to hurry. I still got two more days that I can prostitute. I've got two more days that I can still lie. I've got two more days that I can enjoy this. I've got two more days. Two more days. Two more days. She didn't have that mindset. As soon as they went down and went out, give me that scarlet cord. Give me that. I'm not waiting another minute. I don't know. I, I know I, according to their words, I've got time. But I'm not going to take a chance. God has spoken. God has given me a word. God has sent someone by to say something and speak something into me that will bring transformation to my life. I'm not going to wait. Who knows? But maybe God will just do it today, right now. I'm so desperate for transformation in my life. God, I can't wait another minute. I'll do what I have to do right now. Because I want to make sure that we are covered by the covenant of God. She didn't just stand there and look at that cord. My, that's a lovely, lovely scarlet cord. Look at that cord that's hanging out of the window of my house. Oh, doesn't that look good? How beautiful that is. I can't wait until I see the fulfillment that comes by the promise that was made in covenant with that cord. The covenant wasn't with the cord. The covenant was with God. She left that cord there, and she went to her family, and she said, Listen, I have a word from the Lord. You have to come. You have to come to my house. You have to get in there. I, I know there's a bunch of us. I, I don't know how we're going to do it. It's really not that large, but I know that God said... That as long as you're in the safety of my household, where the covenant lands, then you're going to be saved. No harm will come to you. Nothing's going to come against you. You've got to come into my house. You've got to get there. Don't wait two days. Don't wait three days. Don't wait till the last minute. You've got to come now. You've got to go in there because God has promised that he will save everyone in my household if you're in the place of the covenant. Hallelujah. In the place of the covenant. Wait just a minute, please. Wait just a minute, please. And that is the problem that so many of us have. We already know what his promises are. They're yes and amen. They're yes and amen. When God makes a promise, he intends to keep it. I said, but pastor, I've witnessed to my family. 
I've witnessed to my husband and my wife, and I've witnessed to my aunts and uncles, and I've witnessed. And the men who came with the message of God said, if if I can just say it in layman's terms, they said, do the best you can. Because if they choose not to come to the place of covenant, then their blood is on their own head. Their blood is on their own head. We have members of our family, our extended families that are outside of the covenant. We do everything we can to witness it to them. We've done everything we know to do to get them to come under covenant. But they've chosen to avoid coming into covenant with God's word. And while it breaks my heart, the reality is... I can't make them do anything that they don't want to do. But I can stay under the covenant myself and get under the covenant with me as many people as will come and get under the covenant. She hung the scarlet cord. Come help me quit. She hung the scarlet cord. And then she went around telling everyone, Please come to my house. Please come. Please come. God is about to do a work of destruction. But if you'll come to my house, if you'll come there, you can be in covenant with God. Please come. Please come. There's no need for you to be destroyed. There's no reason for you to ignore The covenant of God. There's no reason for you to go another day outside of his grace and his mercy. There's no need. There's no need. There's no need. Here's what I want to say to you. I titled this message, Faith Risks. Faith is risky. Because when you truly believe one of the promises of God, you have to be willing to do as a prerequisite what you have to do to get the covenant to work and the promise to work. You can't flirt with God and expect one day for Him to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You can't flirt with Him, He's not a flirter. He's faithful. But his word will stand. If you're going to be saved, and please know my heart today, I love you with a a pastor's love. And I've been saying this a lot lately, and I don't know why the Spirit of God just keeps bringing me back and bringing me back and bringing me back. But it's time for you to stop flirting with God and sell out to the covenant of grace. It's time for you to risk it all. Oh, but they might think that I'm weird. Who cares? Oh, my family might think that I'm I'm crazy. Who cares? Oh, I, you know, if I pay my tithe, you know, that's risky because I can't. Who cares? You see, when God has called us to walk in his covenant, We must be willing 
can do it. Rahab. In Hebrews chapter 11. The writer of Hebrews starts naming off the roll call of faith. Abraham. down through the line by faith by faith by faith by faith ten names ten of them you know who was number ten you know who was still bottom of the totem pole when it came to naturalize Abraham was first Rahab was number 10 did you notice in Matthew chapter 1 when it was talking about the genealogy of Jesus and it got down to Rahab did you notice that there was something different always before it had said Rahab the prostitute and depending on what version you read it may have said Rahab the harlot something happened and the writer by the anointing of the spirit did not call her the harlot he did not call her the prostitute he called her Rahab the transformation took place and because he was able to risk it all to follow God's call walk in his covenant she was blessed and from her seed that is in you today was put in you by my hand. I placed all that you need in you so that you could come into covenant with me. But what I require of you today is to reach deep inside and take that precious seed and plant it in fertile ground. 
so that the fruit can come forth and do the job that I desire that it will do. My child, stop putting yourself down. Stop looking at yourself through negative mindsets and what other people have told you that you are. Lose that label today, saith the Lord, and plant your seed of greatness. And like Rahab, I will transform you into the creature that I've called you to be. Stand with me, church, if you will. Stand with me if you will.